0: The 19th of February, 2009, episode 106. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. I have a couple different topics I don't want to cover today. Um, with it being tax time, I want to talk a little about, a little bit about tax deductions. And also last week we were talking about things that you're afraid of. And one of those things was kind of the economic climate right now. And the fact that, you know, it's very possible that you might be losing a job. You might be out of a job at some point and need to be looking for another one. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, you know, maybe being prepared to be laid off or being prepared to have to go find another job. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about those two things. Uh, I'm going to quote unquote borrow some material that I found on some other websites. So we'll be talking about uh, what I read there and give some opinions as well. So first of all, I want to get into a little bit of news. Um, Like I said, we're trying to make this thing a little more... Uh, on schedule, you might say. So I'm trying to get it done every couple of weeks here. Um, this one is going to come out pretty late because it's actually 1.30 on Thursday right now. So uh, some of you might might be getting it a, a little bit late. So I apologize for that. But um, at least we're staying somewhat on schedule. Uh, a couple of things about App Clinic. Uh, last week, I released an App Clinic mobile And that mobile version is for if you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone. Um, Before, you wouldn't be able to watch. You could download the videos onto your iPod or iPhone, but you would then have to transfer them to your computer to be able to watch them, which is kind of pointless. So what I did, I made a whole other feed for that, and I made them iPod movies ones that you can actually watch on your iPod or your iPhone, and those are hooked up there. So you just need to go into the uh, iTunes store and look for App Clinic. Search for App Clinic, and you'll find that there are two different ones now. One of them is called App Clinic Mobile. That's the one you want to subscribe to, and you'll be able to get it that way on your mobile device and uh, in some cases probably be able to stream it as well uh, if, you're, you know, if you have Wi-Fi and all that stuff hooked up. So... Um, Hopefully that'll be useful to some people. I've, I've checked the numbers and see that some people have been using it already. But I just thought I'd put that out there. Um, I think that's about... Oh, there's one more thing. I just wanted to mention it because I don't have all the details or really many details at all. But on the 12th of March, I'm actually going to be speaking at uh, an AIGA group. Uh, it's a group meeting at uh, San Diego State University. I was asked by uh, one of my listeners to come and speak to, to the group there, so I'm going to be doing that. Uh, like I said, I don't really have specifics on it, so I don't know if that's open for anyone who wants to come, to, to be able to come to that. But uh, once I get more details on that, I'll definitely let you know what the deal is. All right. Um, this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting, and GoToMeeting gives you a way to do more and spend less. It's a way for you to meet with people who may be across the country, and you don't have to ask them to travel to where you are because you can host the meeting right from your office. What they do is they log in through their browser, and they can see everything you're doing on your desktop. So you're showing them what you're, what you're explaining to them as well as talking to them over the phone or voice over IP or both. Um, It saves you a lot of money because you pay one flat rate and you meet as many times as you need to. Um, You can try this out for free if you'd like to. You just need to go to this URL, gotomeeting.com slash techpodcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash techpodcasts. And you'll sign up on a little form there and be able to download the software and try it out for free for 30 days. And in those 30 days, you can set up as many meetings as you want and give it a good try. So check it out. All right, so I've been uh, kind of roaming around the web a little bit, trying to get some ideas. And first of all, I want to thank... Actually, let me back up with just a second. I want to thank everybody for sticking in there and, and listening to this podcast and and uh, hanging in there, even though I've had a couple of pretty large gaps in uh, in between the podcasts. So thank everybody. I thank everybody to signing up, subscribing, listening to these podcasts, and uh, helping me out. Okay, One step beyond that. Thank you to those people who have been sending in emails. I've been getting some good encouraging emails. I got a couple with ideas for show topics and those are my favorite. So definitely if you have an idea for a show topic, something you want to hear about, send that in and um, we'll try and get it into the show. And most likely it will make it into the show because I'm kind of looking for things to talk about right now. Excuse me. And uh, so thank you for those things. Um, I did have a couple of, you know, things that people came up with, like I said, so those are probably going to be coming up in in the coming weeks. Uh, I talked about that, the meeting that I'm going to be speaking at. I'm going to try and record that thing. I don't know how it's going to work yet, but hopefully I'll be able to record that and uh, it'll be me talking a lot like I do on the podcast and then hopefully some questions from the audience and maybe there'll be some good information in that. So uh, I'm going to try and make that into another podcast coming up here. And then Uh, As a result of that, I asked the person that asked me to speak at the meeting, um, I asked them to come on the show and talk a little bit about AIGA, because that's something that people have been asking about for a long time is, you know, what are the benefits? What exactly does it give you? um, Because it is quite a bit of money to invest in being part of that group. So that's going to be another podcast coming up. So that'll be good, too. Okay, so um, like I said, I was I was looking around the web looking for things to talk about, and I found this one about tax deductions, and I thought it was great. I think this is the third year now that we've been through tax time on this podcast, and I always try and you know throw a little bit of something in there. Um, my golden rule here is always if you if you are uh, doing a freelance business on your own, on the side or whatever it's always good to have somebody else prepare your taxes because there's a million things that that can come out. There's a lot of deductions that you could overlook if you try and do it yourself. Now, since like the first year I've been doing this, the tax softwares... Uh, the ones that allow you to do it yourself, have become a lot more advanced. And they even advertise now that, you know, it'll help you find all those deductions by asking you lots of questions. I still choose not to use that. I use my regular tax guy uh, just because I don't trust myself. Taxes are are something that, you know, they're kind of over my head. So I let the professionals deal with that. So I will still always recommend that you do that if you have the money to do it. If not, you want to go ahead and use the software, then go ahead and do that as well. Um, I wanted to to highlight a couple of things that I found in this article, though, that are good things to think about and kind of get you rolling in that right direction of knowing, hey, this is something that pertains to my business, so it's something that I should be able to deduct on my taxes. Um, The name of this article is 10 Tax Deductions Freelancers Can Make, and it comes from uh, one of my favorite blogs, which is Freelance Switch, and you can find that at freelanceswitch.com. And I will put the, I'll actually put the, the link to this article in the show notes. And you can find that, of course, at rookiedesigner.com. Um, freelance Switch is a great, great resource for anybody who does freelance work, though. has a bunch of different writers on it, and they have very good topics. All right, so I'm just going to go down the list here of the things that this person put into their article and just kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh, the first one is unpaid invoices. Um, hopefully, you don't have this one happen too often. But, you know, I've heard a couple of stories on our forums and stuff of people having difficult clients um, that don't want to pay. You know, you get to that point and they weren't happy with the work or something like that. Or maybe you just never hear from them again. I actually have a project right now that's kind of like that. I was doing a website for this lady. Um, it's for like a some kind of housing thing in Baja, California. Um, It was always kind of sketchy. I mean, it would be weeks and weeks in between the times that we talked, but now she's kind of just fallen completely off the radar. So I had something worked up for her. Uh, We didn't get too far in the project, so it really didn't, it's not bothering me that much at all. Uh, I did get a deposit of half of what the project was going to cost. And I basically mocked up and, and coded out, I don't know, probably seven to 10 web pages for her, pretty simple stuff too. So I basically got paid for what I did. But I do have this invoice out here for the rest of, you know, what I should have been paid. Uh, I probably wouldn't deduct that myself because I didn't do the rest of the work. But if you've finished a complete, you know, you completed a whole project and you've only been paid half of it, or maybe you haven't been paid any of it, and your client kind of drops off the face of the earth, that is something that uh, can actually be deducted from your taxes because you did the work but you didn't get paid for it. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like working for a nonprofit. And uh, donating your work, donating your time. Uh, the next one they have on here is niche or niche research. Um, and this kind of this is something that, that I would talk about too in, in regards to. we learn different soft pieces of software. So we buy books, we buy videos for those things. These are the types of things that you can write off. But also, let's say you're in a certain industry. And you need to learn more about that industry. you know you're working primarily in fashion or something like that, and you need to buy some some books, some you know informational items like that. You need to go to a conference or something like that that is directly related to working in that field. then that's something that you can also write off because it directly relates to the work that you're doing. Uh, the next one is meetings at the coffee shop, and this is an important one. Um, there is you know, entertaining of clients. It definitely happens a lot. You know, if you're doing freelance work, you're probably going to have to go meet with your clients every once, every so often. And, um, you know, having a meeting... At the coffee shop or going and doing lunch or something, you're probably not going to be doing fancy dinners until you're at the point where you're you're trying to land larger clients. You might take them out to dinner or go to a ball game or something like that. But always keep these things in mind. I mean, if you're doing this, if you do have a client, you're trying to wow them, you know, you take them to a ball game, you take them to lunch, and you're the one that pays for it. These are things also that you can deduct. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, the thing to remember here is uh, the totals probably aren't going to be all that large, especially if you're just going to a coffee shop and getting coffee or you know, a bagel or something like that. But you're, you're allowed to write off half of these amounts. So it can add up you know, if you have meetings every so often. Still, it's not going to be much, but it's something that you can keep in mind if it's something that you do. Um, the next one they have on there is job hunting. And uh, they talk a little bit about this. I don't have much experience with this one, but they talk about uh, payments that you might make to access job boards or other job lists because some of them you actually have to sign up and you know pay a, a, fee, pay a membership fee to be able to look at the things. Um, also, any, any fees you may pay for joining a website that lets you bid on projects. So if any of you do, I uh, forget the name of the website, but I did it one year. Um, it was like moonlight or moonlighting or it was something like that, but it was freelance jobs that are posted and you join so that you're able to, to bid on the job. So if you're paying any for anything like that, then that's that kind of stuff also can uh, be written off. And let me just go back to the fact that, you know, if you're doing this yourself, the software is going to be asking these questions or so I'm told. I haven't used it myself. Um, but definitely, if you're going to somebody like me and you're having somebody else do it, or- or something like that, go ahead and ask, ask all the questions that you can, you know, bring out all the receipts, bring out everything that you've spent money on that year that you think pertains to your business and say, Hey, can we do something with this? Because there's something to be found in most of what you spend. Um, And also, you know, you don't necessarily have to have somebody prepare your taxes. Um, You could probably also meet with someone and just, you know, have them give you advice. You might have to pay for that also, but maybe it won't be as much as actually having them prepare your whole taxes for you. But asking questions is definitely a good idea because, uh, like I said, you know, we're not accountants here, so we don't know everything that goes into taxes. So Uh, the next one they have on here is something I also haven't used before, but it says PayPal fees. Um, It says businesses are able to deduct credit card convenience fees because they're a necessary cost of doing business. So you can write off the PayPal fees if you accept a payment through that website, no matter how much or little business you've transacted over the site in the course of a year. Uh, This is news to me, and this is good for me, too, because uh, this is actually how I get paid from from my advertisers. So um, there are fees associated with using PayPal, so it says that you can actually write those off as well. Um, virtual assistants and other freelancers. Um, if you work with other people, you're outsourcing part of your job to someone else, then uh, <clears throat> you, want to, you want to invoice from whoever you work with uh, so that you, you, know, ha- you have all the records of, of who paid who and who did what work and all that kind of stuff. Um, it says you'll want to document any such transactions carefully so that you can prove that your use of freelancers and virtual assistants is purely a contract agreement rather than employment. So you're not necessarily working for this person or they're not working for you. It was just a one-off type of thing where you needed some help and you you outsourced it to them. Okay, your home expenses. This one I've talked about before in the past. Um, it's a big one. So we're talking about the the portion of your home that you use if you work out of your home. Uh, let's say you have like a four-bedroom house, and you, one of those bedrooms is just your office, and you always work in that area of the of the space. Basically, what, what I do is you're going to calculate it by, you know, the square footage of your house is the easiest way to do it, and what square footage is that room that you use for your office as opposed to the rest of your house, and then you're going to take that out. That percentage of your house payment or your rent or whatever it is you pay for that, and that's that's the part that can be uh, attributed to business only and can be written off. Uh, very important things. Uh, next one is cell phone and Skype, and these are the big ones that I think I've talked about before. Um, your rent, your cell phone, because you're using your cell phone for business. Again, you want to try and um, figure out what. What's the percentage that you're actually using your cell phone for work? Because obviously you're not always working on your cell phone. There's going to be personal calls and texts and that kind of stuff as well. But, you know, what percentage or what, how much do you use your cell phone for work? Now, uh, in here it actually says, according to the IRS, you can't deduct the expenses of the first telephone line in your home, regardless of your use Um uh, of your use for home or for business however in addition to any second phone line you might have you can deduct your expenses from your cell phone assuming you use it primarily for business and applications and applications like skype Uh, this isn't completely accurate as far as i'm concerned because i've been writing off a portion of my cell phone bill for the last five years or so so um, that might be something that you want to ask a professional about Um, I can't say for sure that, you know, X amount of dollars came out of my bill, but it is something that that I uh, put on my forms when I send them off to my guy, and and it's definitely one of the things that we talk about. Like, if you use your car for business, then, you know, that portion of that should be able to be written off, and the same goes for your cell phone, Uh, especially in these these times when a cell phone is probably the primary phone line. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have landlines anymore, myself included, so... Um, Then she goes into uh, professional advice. If you get any kind of professional advice on pretty much anything, if you need to consult a lawyer or an accountant, um, like for doing your taxes, then you can write off those professional fees as well. Um, You need to have, of course, receipts for these things. Anything that you're going to deduct, you need to have proof. You got to have receipts. So you don't want somebody coming to audit you and, and you don't have you know, the proof to back up the things that you put on your tax form. So that would not be a good position to be in. So make sure you have backup for everything. Um, And the last one here, I've touched on it before, and we we kind of mentioned it briefly, payments to nonprofits. Uh, It's a little bit different than your client skipping out on your bill. But um, if you do work for nonprofits, uh, a lot of times you might be donating your work. Sometimes you might get paid, you know, a fraction of what you would usually be paid. But um, this is a, a good example of you know, giving your time and actually getting something in return for it, even though you might not be paid. And it says, while charitable donations are not deductible as business expenses, you can write off payments you make to nonprofit organizations. Um, the IRS's favorite example is paying for an ad in a local church directory, but the cost to attend ne- networking events held by nonprofits and similar expenses are all deductible as well. So that one's actually taking a little bit different take than I had as well. Um, but that is also something I've done uh, not in the last couple of years, but for a while there I did quite a bit of work for nonprofits and and I did, you know, pro bono work or whatever. I basically just wrote it off. And if you work for, you know, an organization like that and you don't accept any money from them, that is something you should be able to write off. So again, um and the the last paragraph on this uh on this entry as well, kind of tells you the same thing. If you have questions about anything, like I said, go to the professionals and ask them. Um, you definitely don't want to assume anything and, and say, oh, I, conduct, I can deduct this without knowing that you actually can. So make sure you, you figure out what, what exactly is going on. And if you have questions, make sure you ask the professionals. Make sure you know what you're doing, because taxes are nothing to mess around with. OK, so the other one that I wanted to go over We were talking about uh, last week, or last episode, we were talking about, you know, times are kind of tough these days, and uh, one of the things you might be fearing is the safety of your job security. Um, I have several friends now who either are not getting bonuses this year, or they're not going to get a merit increase this year, a raise, or whatever. Um, I don't have any personal friends that have been laid off yet, but I've heard of plenty of people that have been laid off. and definitely wouldn't be surprised if any of you knew somebody who had been laid off already because it's just the way things are going you you hear all the time major companies big companies that that do lots of business and would seem like they're you know they should be in in a good space they they're just not you know and they're having to lay off people left and right so um i found this uh this is a new site for me and i'm not sure exactly where i found it but uh, it's called graphic push and you can find that at graphicpush.com and once again i'll put this article a link to the article in the show notes and you can find that at rookiedesigner.com but this one's talking about uh, it's entitled prepare to get laid off and it's kind of a harsh title but i i think it's a good you know it's a good wake-up call for those of you who uh much like myself i mean i've been out there looking for a job a good four or five times since I've been employed probably more than that since I've been employed in this job but it it's it's natural to you know you work somewhere for a couple of years it's natural to kind of feel that comfort zone and, and just get in that mode where you're like, oh you know I can just keep coming to work every day and nothing's going to change, and you know I'll just keep breaking in the dough and getting raises every year and everything's fine. I don't need to, you know, keep my portfolio up to date. I don't need to, you know, work on my resume and I don't need to worry about getting another job. And you really should never have this, this way of thinking because you never know when things can go awry and, and you're just gonna, you'll lose your job or, you know, somebody else might come in and, and be working with you. And now you have some kind of competitive nature going on there. You never know what's going to happen. So you always got to be ready. You always got to be ready for for something else to go on. Um, so this is kind of what he goes into. Uh, the first part is about complacency. Complacency, not job security. It's titled, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's, you know, you can have job security, uh, but especially when you get to times like there are right now, nobody has job security. You know, my job could be gone. My my company is doing rather well. You know, in the space that they're in, uh, we deal with larger companies, and they tend to have money budgeted out to buy our product. But this year is is up in the air. You know, nobody knows really what's going to happen. Um, there's all kinds of things going on, uh, plans for to to help the economy and make jobs for people and and give people that money to be able to do business as usual. But it it stands to reason that that's not going to happen. So. You know, if you thought you had job security, it might not be that way. Um, that's, I guess, up to you to des- to decide. But the idea here is to uh, make sure that you're prepared for something to go wrong. Uh, he goes on uh, about actually the dot-com era. And he said he was somebody who was laid off during the dot-com implosion. And... He says he recently had to execute layoffs in his own creative department because of the current recession. So he's like, okay, I've seen both. I've seen this from both sides, and it's not pretty either way. And one thing he goes into, you might not really know much about this if you've never worked for a large company. I actually haven't myself. Uh, the company I work for is pretty small, although we're growing by leaps and bounds lately, and things are the culture is getting a little bit different. But um, I know people that work for very very large companies. Um, and it seems to get to this point, you know, twice a year, or at least once a year where it's that time of the year, there's going to be a major shakeup in the company and they, they reorganize, they throw people all in different jobs. A lot of people get laid off. Uh, some people, you know, have the option of leaving and taking, you know, a package to actually leave the company. Um, whereas, you know. A couple of weeks later, if they didn't take that package, they might be gone anyways. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that goes on. And, and, and it happens pretty regularly in large companies. It's just the way they do business. They, they need to keep shaking things up because, you know, if something's not working, you got to change things, right? So um, this is kind of just the norm. But, you know, it can get to that point where, okay, it's time. Everything's going to reorg. You... Find yourself maybe with a few more responsibilities or something, but you still have that job. So once that time passes, you're like, okay, whoo, you know, I made it through that one, and uh, I'm safe. I'm safe until the next time, and that's really never the way to be. You know, you always got to be ready for something that's that's going to uh, happen, something that might happen that might come at you from a direction and you weren't really seeing it coming. So he has kind of a list of things that, that he thinks that you need to do to stay sharp. And uh, the first one on the list is to save money. This is probably one of the hardest ones, at least for me. Some people are good at saving money. I am not that person. So uh, if you're not able to do that, I don't blame you. It's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, we got to live life. we got to pay bills. Um, Things come up though, you know, you, you should always try and have at least a little bit of money put away so that, you know, in case of an emergency, if you get laid off, you're out of a job for a while, um, you have something to fall back on. I myself tend to think that, you know, if I was laid off, I would at least be able to keep myself going somehow, you know, some part-time jobs. I actually work for a marketing person doing freelance, so that would probably be my fallback plan. But the lesson here is to have a fallback plan. If it's not like a little bit of money that you saved away, then maybe it's, you know, something you can fall back on like I have where you're doing freelance. Uh, It's not something that you're going to have to go out and, you know, put your suit on and go try and get another job right away. It's something that maybe you have some clients already, and you can just say, hey, you know, I'm having kind of a tough time. Uh, If you have some extra business, you know, throw it my way or something like that. Uh, The next one he has on his list is keep an active social life, both online and in metaspace and basically it's talking about keeping connections you know the more connections you have the better off you're going to be the more uh, opportunities that might arise uh, if you know people especially people that work you know in the same kind of career line that you do or work in certain industries that you can do work for these are good people to to keep in contact with and and always you know always keep the conversations going with because if something happens again and and you find yourself out of a job then I mean, that's something that you're not necessarily going to go out to just anybody and start begging for jobs. But if you know these people, I mean, you can let them know your situ- situation. You can say, you know, hey, I, I could really use some extra work. What's going on in in your neck of the woods? And and it's a great thing to to be able to, to uh, lean back on. Um, file contact info for trusted colleagues. Another one is just kind of... Uh, building up this these relationships with people make sure that you're, you're able to keep in contact um you know sometimes you'll be working a job and you'll meet somebody maybe you'll do a little bit of work for them on the side or something and it's a really good opportunity maybe you even get offered a job but it's just not a better opportunity than you're already in you know, you always got to keep those things open. Always keep those people in mind and, you know, follow away their information, like he says, so that if, you know, it comes to, again, the bad situation, you can go back and say, hey, you know, we had a pretty good talk. We worked together pretty well the last time, well, last time we were together. So, you know, I was wondering if maybe something could come out of that now. Uh, another thing just to kind of fall back on. It's all in the safety net. That's what we're talking about here. You want to have a safety net for yourself in case you fall. The next one is sharpen the resume. And this is what we we're talking about at the beginning here. You should always make sure that your resume is ready to go. You never know when you're going to have to go out maybe tomorrow and start handing that thing out. And my thought is even if you're in a job that that is pretty good that you love, this isn't going to be your job forever. Most likely. It's just not the way things go these days. Especially when you, get there, when you get up there in age, you know, things can tend to happen. They bring in some new young punk who's ready to take your job, right? So always keep that resume up to date. And I say you should always be actively looking, <clears throat> This doesn't mean that you're going to go on two interviews a week or one interview a month. Even it just means that you're kind of looking, you know, look through the listings, look through your newspaper or the sites that you like to look at for jobs, for graphic jobs. Always look at what's out there because you know, every once in a while, something might pop up. That's better, a better opportunity than what you're already in. And there's no harm in going and seeing what might be able to blossom out of that. Um, So it's always good to keep that resume up to date, of course, because you're going to need that in that case. And also the portfolio, you should always update your portfolio. I know sometimes it sits there in the corner and doesn't get the attention, but as you're Growing as a designer, as you're making new pieces, as you're coming out with, with new things that you you can be proud of, you, those should be going in your portfolio and it should be ready to go. So again, if tomorrow you have to get that resume printed out and you have to grab your portfolio and go look for a new job, you have those things ready to go. You're not scrambling and wasting a couple of days working on those things to make sure that they're perfect. They're, they're actually there already. Next one he has is retain an online presence. And uh, it says, this does not necessarily have to be for freelancing. You just need a URL to give people, ideally, that has your resume and work samples. Um, Just an easier way to really kind of give your information out to people if you need to do that um he mentions a couple of sites uh, linkedin and creative hotlist these are places where you don't really have to build your own thing you can just put stuff up there yourself linkedin is something that i use and i think it's a great resource because it helps you with uh, a couple of the other things he was talking about which is um kind of branching out and networking with people and having good business connections now linkedin is kind of it's kind of like facebook but even a little more solid than Facebook because you can't just go willy-nilly looking for people and then, you know, hook up with them. You actually have to know these people or have worked with them in the past or something like that. And um, once you find them, you have to kind of, uh, I can't even remember exactly how it works, but you either have to get invited by them to be the friend or you have to maybe put the feelers out there and say, hey, we worked on this and that, Um, you know, can we connect on this? So uh, it's like I said, it's not like a MySpace deal where you're like, oh, this person looks interesting. Uh, I'm going to be their friend. You know, it's not that easy. So it's it's a very it's a good professional network. So look into those things as well. Um, he says, treat every paycheck as if it might be your last. Uh, and then he says, read that again and think about it. You really have to think about things this way. I mean, some of us do have that job we've been at. I've been at my job for like six years now. I don't really think too much about the fact that I might be canned tomorrow. But I know my situation. I know that it's probably not going to happen that way. Um, I would probably lose my job if the company went under, in which case everybody loses their job. So, But, you know, you just never know. There are things that, that can happen that can come down. And, you know, it can just it can just happen that way. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it other than, you know, there's probably a lot of people who are working for let's see who there's been several but i know the nfl for one thing the nfl seems like a an organization that probably seems like it's doing really well you know they make a lot of money off the super bowl the season is short but they've got things they have their own network they have a very successful website I mean, it's not, it's not a company that you would really expect to be laying people off, although they did. They just recently did. So there was probably some people there thinking, uh, there's no way I'm going to lose my job. You know, we, we're, we're making tons of money as a company. We're doing pretty well. And then the next thing they know, their job is gone. So uh, it might not seem like the most likely scenario for you, but always be prepared because things can happen. Uh, last thing he mentions is just to have a plan. And th- that's basically the whole gist of this this uh, posting here is to have a plan. You know, make sure, like we said, make sure you have that safety net. Make sure you have something to fall back on or that you have some connections that you can go to uh, at moment's notice and try and get something going if you lose your current job. And, uh, you know, I know this this isn't something that anybody really likes to talk about. Of course, it's a pretty unpleasant thing to think about, but, you know, If things go wrong you need a plan because you still have bills to pay you know you have obligations to meet so um you definitely have to have a plan if if something goes wrong so uh that's about it for that uh i do have a resource for us things are getting a bit out of hand looks like it's time to go to the bullpen And instead of doing a website this time, I'm doing a podcast. I haven't actually been searching for podcasts lately. I don't really have a whole lot of time to listen to them. And I'm going to give a resource that I actually haven't listened to yet, but is a podcast that goes along with freelance switch, the website that I was telling you about that the first article came from. And I love that website so much that I'm going to go ahead and recommend this podcast before I listen to it. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. It looks like it has, it has a panel of, of different designers that are on it. And, uh, it seems to me that it's going to be a good resource, uh, even though I haven't listened to it yet. But the uh, the podcast is called uh, Freelance Radio, and I'm sure you can search for that in the iTunes store and find it there, or wherever you search for podcasts, you'll probably be able to find it there. Um, but you can also go go to the website, which is freelanceswitch.com slash podcasts, and that takes you to the home of this actual podcast and gives you a little bit of information about it. Um, You can download the podcast right off this page as well. But um, if you want to go ahead and subscribe to it in iTunes or whatever, like I said, you can just search for it in there. But uh, go check that out. I'm going to be checking it out in the next couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good resource, and I think it will be probably. All right, so kind of just to wrap up here, um, a couple of great articles that we found, and I think I really recommend these these websites that – that I pulled these from because I, I think they're great resources. You can get a lot of good information from them. Um, I, again, I will be putting those links in the show notes. So just go to rookiedesigner.com and you'll be able to find the, the links there and then go to you know, the particular pages that, that I was talking about. But then, of course, you'll have the URL to those websites. So check out the rest of the websites because um, they're really good. Also, I said if you want to contact me, uh, please do so. Give me ideas for shows if you have any of that. I didn't mention my uh, email address, which I will do now is rdpodcast at gmail.com. That's R-D as in rookie designer, rdpodcast at gmail.com. So you can send any, anything to there. If you have a question for me or you have an idea for a show or anything like that, go ahead and send that to me and I will get back to you as quickly as possible, which might not be quick at all, but hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll try and answer everything the best that I can. Um, I'm not really on Skype too much anymore, so I hesitate to give that out. But um, the greatest resource that you can uh, find me at, and as well as a lot of other designers, is the Rookie Designer Forum. And that's rookiedesigner.com slash forum. Uh, if you're not signed up there already, go do so. And uh, just just a note about that as well. I know some people sign up, and it takes me a little while to get it approved sometimes. I have everything come through me because the spammers have been attacking it for a couple years now. So I'm trying to keep all the bad stuff out. So it might get, might take me a little while to get your, your um, membership processed, but I will do that as swiftly as possible. And then you can get up there and talk to people and ask questions and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, rookie com slash forum is where you find that. All right. uh, I think that's it for this time. Thank you again for tuning in and listening to the podcast. And hopefully we'll have some good stuff coming up in the coming months and uh, just remember, everybody's a rookie before they're an all star. That one's high. It's got the distance. And it's high.